T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Are you tired of hangovers after a night out with friends? Do you want to experience the nightlife without the headaches? Does the fear of waking up and not knowing what you did the night before ever jolt you into an anxious episode? For these and many other reasons, people think twice about indulging in an after-work happy hour, having another round, or taking that free shot your friend handed to you, and opt out of the drinking lifestyle for something more moderate or completely abstinent. In this episode of Courier Pigeon, we raise our glass to magnify the increase in those choosing a sober lifestyle and dispel the stereotypes of abstaining from alcohol because of a drinking problem. I'm Lizzie Baumgartner. The idea of sober bars isn't new. Back in the 19th century in the United Kingdom, during the temperance movement, people campaigned against recreational sales of alcohol and the use of it. Mr. Fitzpatrick in Lancaster, United Kingdom, is the only surviving 19th century Tempest bar. Today, we see a rise in non-alcoholic beverages like ginger beer, mocktails, even special brews of non-alcoholic beers that people can buy and feel like they're part of the social situation rather than feeling isolated with a sad glass of ice water. There are so many different like non-alcoholic spirits coming out and everything. And there's so many different ways that you can make cocktails that don't involve alcohol at all. And so from there, I was like, okay, well, I can probably make this happen. Like, even if it's just like a small little hole in the wall place, like it's still somewhere where people can come and be safe and people can come like after work or whatever. And we can have art nights and we can have crafting and stuff like that. And somewhere people can still come and be creative and just not have to worry about being around alcohol. That's Christina Torres. She's in the process of opening her dry bar, Benedicion, in the Humboldt Park neighborhood of Chicago. She's been doing pop-up dry bar events around the city for the last year while she crowdfunded and searched for a home for her space. The main partner that we've had is uh, The Native. Um, they are a bar on Milwaukee Avenue, like right off of Fullerton. Um, I do a pop-up with them every last Saturday of the month. Um, and then also they were my first like pop-up series location. They've been great because they, their bartenders and like the owner and everybody are like super interested in non-alcoholic spirits. So I create the cocktails myself and then I let, I give the recipe to the bartenders and they'll make it. Um, and then I focus on like hosting the event there with them. We're serving the cocktails, but the main focus is we're learning how to make zines or we're doing a yoga event or we're having a game night um, because I want to take 
away the the act and the ritual of like having a drink while you're doing things and making it focused more on community building and like you're here to have a good time you're here to make friends and you're here to be present um and the drinks just happen to be there dancing and drinking raging and partying it's a tale as old as time the normalization of drinking alcohol spans all the way back to 7000 to 6000 bce according to the penn museum Chemical analysis recently confirmed that the earliest alcoholic beverage in the world was a mixed fermented drink of rice, honey, hawthorn fruit, and grape and was discovered in northern China. The Catholic Church chooses wine as a symbol of the blood of Jesus Christ. In Judaism, Sabbath meals always begin with wine. These showcase the ceremonial examples of alcohol as it can have a symbolic meaning where we see others like Islam and Buddhism abstaining from alcohol altogether because it can trigger a loss of self-control. Even with the historical popularity of the drink and integration of it in some church services, the U.S. decided that people were becoming too indulgent. From 1920 to 1933, the 18th Amendment was enacted in the U.S., This banned the manufacturing and sale of spicy beverages. But just because a law says you can't do something doesn't mean people follow it. Of course, we're talking about the Prohibition era. This began the rise of speakeasies and hidden bars. We've all seen reenactments or films about this time where you need a code word to get into one of these places. Maybe a raid by the police who scrambled an odd mix of characters wanting to have a good time with a stiff drink or arrested them for partaking. While smuggling alcohol, making your own, or working to bring some from overseas, the group mindset of wanting to partake in the social experiment hinged on partying, stress relief, and even habit. Now, alcohol is legal. You can buy it at most grocery stores in the United States as long as you're 21. In other countries, you only need to be 16 or 18 to enjoy. But a couple new discussions are popping up. Are people drinking as much? If they are drinking, how much do we as a society mask the casual alcoholism one might engage in? And I was always in the mindset of like, if I'm drinking, I have to get drunk. What's the point if I don't get drunk? But that's where the issues came in physically. For Kate McMahon, taking a step back and seriously breaking down her drinking habits gave her control back to wind down on how much alcohol she was consuming. There's been a couple times where I've done like a sober month here and there through my life. Um, But over the last month and a half is when I really decided to be super mindful of it. Um, You know, I didn't want to 100% say I'm never going to drink alcohol ever again because just that type of goal setting doesn't work for me personally. Um, But yeah, about a month and a half ago, I was like, There was an experience I had where I went to a Sox game and I had like three seltzers over the course of like five hours. At no point did I ever even feel tipsy. And then I like violently vomited that night. So I think that was just like my body check engine light being on. And I was like, all right, we got to stop this. So about a month and a half ago, I'd say I started to um, cut back and just be more mindful. Quitting drinking is not styled as a last ditch way to address incomprehensible demoralization, but as the royal road to bliss, focus, and deep connection. That insight comes from journalist Virginia Hefferman in her article, The End of Alcohol, and invokes a new way we view quitting alcohol. 
This new lens peers into the arena of other reasons aside from a quote fall off the wagon alcoholism as one of my friends who has been sober for the last year describes it as. The visual of other reasons for soberdom can also be due to health reasons, work and family balance, or simply not wanting to drink as much anymore. My name is Joe Chura, C-H-U-R-A is my last name, and I am the founder and CEO of GoBrewing. We talked with Joe Chura at Go Brewing in Naperville, a town in the western suburbs of the city. The low and no alcohol bar is set to open on October 15th, so there's some finishing touches still going into it. How did Joe get here? He explains that he started his sober journey after he did a sober challenge. A few years back, my wife and I abstained from alcohol for 75 days and uh, realized during that period how much clearer we were, how much healthier we felt, and uh, curbed our craving along that time period by having non-alcoholic beer. And it really helped. And at the end of the 75 days, we, we had both lost weight, we both had more energy. And during that time period, we were looking for places to go that didn't necessarily like revolve around alcohol. We'd get, for example, we'd go out to dinner and we'd be done with dinner like an hour later and we'd look at each other and we're like, what do you want to do? There wasn't really any options of somewhere to go locally to go uh, still socialize. We didn't want to go in, but have a, a beverage that didn't revolve around alcohol. His experience prompted him to create his own space where people similar to him and his wife could go to have conversations and non-alcoholic nightcap while providing community events that help with mindfulness and fun. The reality is if, if there is a group out there that needs a, a social gathering place and they want to connect with us, we'd love to be that. Uh, we'd love to be that place. And whether or not we're serving our low alcohol beer, that may not be appropriate. Um, we can have a bespoke menu even with mocktails. Um, we can have our any beer only on tap at that, at that point in time, our kombucha. We're completely open. The, the point is, is that we want to cater to the spectrum and be very inclusive, whichever level those people are at. When it comes to going sober or tapering off from crushing a PBR or a Ginny tin, certain things physically might change, which can lead to making the drinker feel better. A WebMD article lists that when you quit or cut down on drinking, your liver can repair itself cause possible weight loss, you feel less foggy, and you can just sleep better. Something to keep in mind is that a recent report by the Canadian Center of Substance Use and Addiction says that health risk increases when someone has more than six drinks per week. For women, though, three or more drinks a week can lead to health issues. For Kate, that's what she started to notice when she began drinking less. It definitely is tough sometimes, but I think honestly, a lot of the, at least for me, because I didn't have like an actual substance abuse issue. Um, so, you know, take everything I say with a grain of salt as far as that goes. But for me, it, it was more in my head of, you know, oh, it's going to be weird. People are going to judge me. Like, I'm not going to be able to be social. Um, that was mostly in my head because after the first couple of times I went out and didn't drink, I was like, oh, this is fine. Like, I'm fine. Um, you know, my friends don't care. If your friends care, you need new friends. <laughs> um, so 
you know, it was just a simple, oh yeah, I'm cutting back on drinking and cool. That was it. You know, it wasn't like a huge, crazy thing. And um, it definitely honestly made me just more confident in myself because after the first couple of times that you go out and you're social without drinking, it's a really nice reminder. You know, you leave that situation being like, wow, I could do that and be myself and be just as funny or just as outgoing or just as much of a fun time without alcohol. And it really does boost your confidence, I think. Um, and then obviously feeling physically better. I just feel better about myself in general. So that's been great, too. I haven't had any stomach issues. Alcohol is normalized as something we indulge in after a hard day at work, in celebration, just because, or even in a more concerning way, such as helping drown out negative thoughts. However, the CDC found out that there are 2,200 alcohol poisoning deaths each year in the United States on average. That's about six people each day. The FDA states that the term non-alcoholic could be used for products containing 0.5% alcohol volume or less. According to Nielsen's research, 66% of millennials have tried to reduce their alcohol intake. The trend is anticipated to continue with Gen Z. For example, traditional wellness events during the year, such as Dry January and Sober October, have grown in popularity and in the process has normalized and created an increasingly positive public culture around sobriety encapsulated in the mindful drinking movement. With Gen Z and even millennials, the topic of mental health plus self-care are consistent topics they discuss while addressing the importance of knowing when to get help when needed. Kate believes these generations differ greatly in the way that they view the drinking culture from their older counterparts. I think it has to do with the way that the past couple generations have really um, started addressing mental health issues. I think, you know, with with millennials, I feel we're like one of the first generations to really take mental health super seriously and prioritize being healthy mentally. So I think we're starting to see, and yeah, I think the pandemic definitely probably showed this to a lot of people is that, you know, alcohol so negatively affects your mental health. Um, and a lot of times it doesn't in a way where you don't quite notice. For instance, I thought I had really bad social anxiety and I, I thought that drinking helped it, but it made it worse. Um, you know, like I, I thought that, oh, if I have a drink, I'll be more social, but it was, it was quite the opposite. And I didn't realize that until I stopped drinking that, um, it was just, yeah, it was just a, a fact of life that the alcohol, doesn't do great things for your body and your brain. So I think we're making more of that connection. And the more people are trying to get their mental health in order, you know, we're realizing that these are things that drag it down. And um, so any way that we can to cut it out. And like you said, there's there's been more sober bars and stuff coming up. So the more accessible it becomes. And then also the rise of social media, you know, people are talking and sharing stories. And the more normalized it is, the better, because, you know, I'm sure like 50 years ago, it'd be really weird if somebody was like, oh, I'm not drinking. It's like, oh, well, then you must be like some crazy alcoholic or something. Um, but nowadays, it's so normal that nobody cares. In the U.S., declining beer sales have led to the alcohol industry introducing additional low and non-alcoholic beverage choices, like Heineken 0.0 non-alcoholic beer, which launched in 2017, or Gordon's ultra-low alcohol can gin and tonic. Local breweries like Lagunitas and Wisconsin-based Untitled Art have popular non-alcoholic beers that have flair, 
So those who want an elevated experience can share in that with those who do engage in drinking alcohol. Now, this isn't to scare anyone into going sober. These are facts that come along with drinking. Perhaps you enjoy a glass of wine at night, or you have a whiskey nightcap, or you pull a true Chicagoan joke on an out-of-town friend and make them do a stiff malort shot. That's something that's a part of the normal life we live in. There's ways to be mindful and self-aware, though, of your intake of alcohol. And it's even better to know when it might be time to take a break for a while or, or forever. Here's Kate again. The one struggle that I have had with it is that at first I was really beating myself up when I had my first drink um, through my journey because I kind of felt like I failed. But I think it's important for people to remember that it doesn't have to be like a zero to 100 situation. You know, like you can cut back and do whatever feels best for you and it doesn't have to be a complete abstinence from it. Um, And also, even if you are trying to be abstinent and you slip up, um, it's okay. One of my favorite quotes that I actually heard today for the first time is that it's okay to slip as long as you don't slide. So it's, you know, it's more like we're all human. We make mistakes and just be easy on yourself. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. A consistent theme between all three of our guests is community. Christina explains that in her childhood, she used to be involved in certain after-school activities. Through this, she found how important having a community was for not only children, but for everyone to thrive and grow. When I got sober, I moved into my own apartment and I was going through like all of these old boxes and stuff. And I found that notebook where I like sketched out like the center itself and everything. And I was like, damn, that'd be super cool. Like, it's not for me though. Like I could never do that. Um, And then when I was going to meetings for my recovery, my home group at the time was having trouble finding a place to have meetings at um, that was more inclusive and just more centrally located. And I thought to myself, like, man, if I had that community center, like I could host meetings there and like that could be somewhere where people could go. And then it wouldn't just be meetings. It would be like all this other fun stuff they could do too. And so that kind of kicked off the idea of like, what did I used to do for fun? What do I want to bring to people? Um, And I went to bars a lot for fun. (laughs) Like that's what I did. That's where my friends met up. That's where we came up with like a bunch of weird ideas and like all of my really good memories take place in bars. Um, So I figured like, why just because I'm not drinking doesn't mean I can't be in that kind of environment or like I can't create an environment similar to that where people can still come together um and you know still have that same sense of community still have that same sense of like a home home away from home according to the National Center for Drug Abuse Statistics 
one in 10 Americans over the age of 12 have alcohol use disorder. 385 Americans die as a result of alcohol abuse, and over half of Americans increased their alcohol consumption during the COVID-19 lockdown. We saw people alone and coping with alcohol, using it to deal with the world, to handle different living situations, and utilizing it to get away from the harsh news of job loss, death, and the state of society. In Illinois, taxpayers spent $9.716 billion as a result of excessive alcohol use in 2010. Adjusted for inflation, this is the equivalent to $13.116 billion in 2022. And the National Institute on Alcohol Abuse and Alcoholism says that the percentage of alcoholics who recover and stay sober is about 35.9%. So for those looking to turn up and hang out without a drink in their hand, it can be difficult and potentially triggering if they're put into environments like a bar where the temptation may be too strong to resist. We did an open mic, um, I think, in, I think during that pop-up series um, in February, and there was somebody who was reading and they brought their partner who was still kind of like a few months sober and they had to leave because they weren't comfortable being in that environment. I had a friend who also was kind of like, coming like trying to decide if they wanted to be sober or not and ended up drinking um that night like how to be or whatever and that kind of like put into perspective for me of like oh like you know maybe maybe stuff like this isn't a great setting for a bar like because I don't ever want to put people in a position where they are coming out to have like a good time sober and then are like triggered by something and then decide to drink while these are new innovative and welcoming spaces for all Christina is realistic about what she can and cannot control. But again, it's all just like a fine line of like trying to figure out like what works best for everybody. Um, and at the end of the day, I can't make people, I can't make everybody happy and I can't create like a 1000% safe space for people. Um, so I think a lot of the time it's people knowing what works best for them and when they need to leave and if they need to leave or if they feel comfortable staying. Joe also acknowledges that Go Brewing is both low and no alcohol. So some people may not feel 100% comfortable in that environment, and he doesn't want others to feel triggered into negative habits. According to the Recovery Village, alcohol relapse occurs in almost one-third of recovering alcoholics during their first year of sobriety. Society in general, when it comes to alcohol, it's a spectrum as well. And I think we're going to cover that spectrum some of the events we have may not be appropriate for someone who's completely sober, definitely had been recovered and could get triggered by something, whereas other ones um, may be completely appropriate. And I think it's up to that individual person to decide what event is, uh, is right for them. What are some steps people can take if they want to look at the larger lens of their drinking habits? Joe says putting down the pint glass is the first step. I would say if, depending where you're at, in the spectrum, depending on where you're starting, abstaining is the best way to start to figure it out. Like if you are even drinking uh, two or three times a week and you think it's doing nothing, like abstain then for a few weeks and see how you feel. And then you'll start to pick up other positive habits. If you are already at that level, I would say dial, dial it up a notch and see if you can abstain for even longer. 
um, and see how, how that feels. Um, I believe that taking on one or two healthy habits, getting something hard on the calendar, if that's, if that's a race, if that's a chess match, if that is just something that is out of your comfort zone, I don't care what it is, get it on the calendar. And every day then, as you work out, you're striving for something outside of just, hey, I'm waking up to work out, you know, why am I doing this? There's, there's, you create a why behind things. And that, at least for myself, that drives me, like to get a, a marathon on the calendar or an ultra, which I did last year, and st- start to think about how you can do things for other people outside yourself, and it just creates a whole nother why. With these dry bars popping up, we see more integration of mocktails and non-alcoholic options becoming the norm in many spaces. Anyone can partake while experiencing these new community spaces while feeling like a quote-unquote normal person. Christina again. Sobriety can be for anybody for any reason. I think a lot of people think that when you go sober, that there's like this really big dramatic story about like why you decided to stop drinking because not drinking is so weird still and like so socially like awkward, I think. And I I don't think that people need any specific reason to stop drinking. Like maybe you're just tired of hangovers. Maybe you just don't like how it makes you feel anymore. The more non-alcoholic options that are created and the more normalized that becomes, I think the more comfortable people will be with not drinking. I think it very much is kind of like smoking cigarettes where, where it, you know, went through like this big PR thing and people realized like how bad it was for you. And then sure, some people still smoke and other people don't. And it's kind of just like up to the individual. And I think that drinking should kind of be treated the same. Thanks so much to Kate, Christina, and Joe for sharing their stories with us. We'll link Joe and Christina's bars in the show notes. If you or someone you know is struggling with drinking, contact the National Drug and Alcohol Treatment Referral Routing Service or Center for Substance Abuse Treatment at 1-800-662-HELP. Thanks for listening to this episode of WBBM Courier Pigeon, our newest podcast. We'll be back next week covering another trending topic. Until then, subscribe to us on the Odyssey app, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts so you don't miss an episode. WBBM Courier Pigeon is an original podcast production. It is produced, written, and edited by Lauren Brown and Lizzie Baumgartner. Reporting for this episode was done by Lauren Brown and Lizzie Baumgartner, with editorial direction by Lizzie Baumgartner. Thanks for listening to WBBM Courier Pigeon. I'm Lizzie Baumgartner. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. 
your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.